Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 12.35 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bruce Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. It's Edmonton-owned and operated. Open from Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Bruce Chris that Oilers now sent you. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Well, every Tuesday for an hour on Oilers now, it is... Stoffer Inspector for the horses in Horse Racing Alberta. Happy to announce the return of live racing at Century Mile Racetrack in Nisku. Head to thehorses.com for the full schedule. And a reminder uh, that to comply with Alberta Health, no spectators at this time, but you can watch and wager online at hpibet.com. Dot com. That's H-P-I-B-E-T dot com. We are joined by Mark Spector. Hey, Speck, how are you doing? Doing great, Bobby. What's going on, man? Well, it our, our, looks like we're inching to the potential re- return of uh, hockey here. That's what it looks like. Yeah, I've become used to this uh, life of uh, not working very hard and waiting for press conferences never seem to happen, so... Uh, it sounds like we're going zero to sixty in a big hurry here in the hockey world. Well, it's going to be—it's still going to be different. Uh, and again, uh, we have a tentative agreement on a return to play and a CBA extension. Uh, the thirty-one player reps have to take it then forward to the uh, vote, and then take it forward to the, the players, and then the players vote on it, and ownership votes on it as well. So. Uh, this is going to be very interesting. Now, Brian Lott has stated uh, it is his belief that they'll get around 60 to 70% uh, vote in, in favor of the players. And I would assume, and I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth here, but I would assume, given that Gary Bettman has negotiated on behalf of the owners, that there wouldn't be an issue there. Um, that would be my natural assumption. But we don't have all of the information yet on all of this, do we? No, we don't. I mean, well, there's smaller items, but you know what? This is... Once this thing's negotiated, certainly the owners have absolutely no history of doing anything but voting unanimously to anything that Gary Bettman uh, approves. You know, he he goes in there with their needs and wants. He negotiates it as close as they can get it, and they trust him that he's done his job. And certainly as the players, if I'm not mistaken, Bob, I think they just need a 51% majority. Yes. Um, so they'll get that. I mean, there's, there's enough players that, you know, a lot of guys who look into all the issues, some guys who just trust their leadership. Uh, what we won't see is over 50%. There's not a hot-button issue here, Bob, that leads me to think for a second that we'll ever have over 50% of the PA, which would be you know, about 370 people, uh, renege on this thing and put it down. Yeah. Uh, interesting. They did not mention the hub cities. Uh, I'm going to assume that that is because they want the vote finalized and the T's crossed and the I's dotted before they do that. Would you agree with that sentiment? Yes. I mean, there again, I guess theoretically and under the terms of this, you know, memorandum of understanding, 
the players could say, oh, we don't want to go to that city. But realistically, you're not changing out the cities at this point. <laughs> the two cities are going to be Edmonton and Toronto. That's what they're going to be. No one's going to change their mind on that at this point. All right. Lots of things occurred uh, for Edmonton to be positioned this way. Again, we believe the, the puck is on the goal line, and it just needs to be poked into the empty net here. I'm going to, Spec, just put you on hold for a second because yesterday, uh, and this was not out there before uh, John Shannon mentioned it, he had this to say on Edmonton Oilers owners Daryl Cates' involvement on the uh, Edmonton bid, I guess, for the Hub City uh, regarding uh, uh, comments at a Board of Governors meeting. It's funny. Uh, a week ago, we were talking, and it, you know, we were starting to hear rumblings that Vegas was in trouble. Uh, and uh, this was five days after Vancouver had opted out. Um, about three o'clock Eastern time, one o'clock Mountain time, uh, last Monday was a Board of Governors conference call. Uh, and on that call, um, Daryl Cates was actually on the call. And and, and Daryl doesn't normally get involved in these situations. He lets. Uh, Bob Nicholson or Kevin Lowe at some point, or other or Tom Anselmi, and get involved in the in the in the BOG stuff. But Daryl was on the call last Monday, uh, and Daryl made a, a plea for Edmonton based on what was going on in Las Vegas and what was going on in Edmonton and the cooperation that the Oilers and he had from the provincial government. And in many ways, that was a turning point uh, for the decision to opt out of Vegas because Vegas had already been told in so many ways on the Saturday before that they had it. Uh, and then with, and they needed board approval. They did not get a board approval because Edmonton and Daryl Cates had done such a good job at the meeting. That's our NHL insider John Shannon on yesterday's edition of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer from the Oilers Entertainment Group, hosting Oilers Now, along with Mark Spector from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Uh, and Speck, you know, just like we know there was a multi-tiered uh, and multi-platform approach uh, with Craig McTavish being a driver to help Kevin Lowe get into the Hockey Hall of Fame, you know that there's been multiple forces involved in terms of uh, pursuing an Edmonton bit as well, and Shannon gave us some insight in, in terms of the Oilers' owner, who's traditionally very quiet on these sort of uh, th- uh, situations. Your thoughts on this? Well, uh, a few things, right? I mean, clearly the the COVID situation in other markets worked uh, to Edmonton's favor, you know, and that's to Edmonton's credit. There's not a lot of COVID here. It, it really, we win uh, to some degree. Edmonton became the, a default place, certainly once Vancouver dropped out and Las Vegas blew up. Uh, Edmonton was sitting there ready to go and, and well prepared to accept the assignment. And as for Daryl Cates, listen, Daryl Cates should want it here. You know, this to me, Bob, Daryl Cates has a huge uh, financial stake in the ice district. I mean, let's face it, he basically built it. <laughs> you know, the Marriott and the, the apartments and uh, a lot of things going around there. If I'm Daryl Cates and the league's looking for somewhere to go, they should come to my neighborhood. They should come use my business, right? This isn't a crown corporation where you have to do a some sort of a bidding thing. I think if the NHL is going somewhere to spend a whole bunch of money, uh, they should go somewhere where they're spending it with each other. I get that. If if one of the NHL owners sold jerseys, well, hell, they should league should buy their jerseys from them because that's the way a, a company and a bunch of partners work. So between it all, Edmonton just became, you know, they checked off every box. And, and at this point, Daryl speaks up and says, hey, 
look at us, come see us. And then I don't think there's anyone in that conference call that could disagree. No, and, uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think that clearly, and we've had Andrew Cogliano and Colton Pareko on from Dallas and St. Louis. Uh, Dallas has had a hotbed with their F- FC team that it had to pull out of whatever MLS, you know, the MLS. Yep. Uh, Colton was in St. Louis, um, you know, where they've had a little bit of a minor outbreak. I can tell you, Mark, when I talk to players from other organizations, they're well aware of what the situation's like at Edmonton compared to other marketplaces, what the situation's like in Canada. And uh, even though, look, we all know Vegas is super sexy, the fact of the matter is, at one point, in fact, right as of today, they've got over 200 people in ICU uh, in the state of Nevada. Edmonton, Edmonton has three. Now, interestingly enough, Edmonton's had a bit of a run here on hospital, uh, on, on people in the hospital. It has increased uh, a little bit over the last three weeks, but they're still testing uh, over the last three days, as an example, at below a 0.85% positivity rate. I think it was 0.72 over the last three days. If somebody texts me, oh no, there was 40 positive cases in Edmonton. I'm like, well, that's for three days. Like they did, like, you know, 5,500 tests during those three days. So I think, Mark, you know, one of the things that we've seen here, I think that he, and we've had a bunch of agents on, Jeff Jackson said point blank last week, Connor McDavid's, you know, they should be looking at Edmonton and Toronto first. I was actually told by a couple players, they actually had Edmonton catapulted from fourth at one point all the way to first, and in large part, because they became more aware of what Edmonton could offer, but also because of the COVID situation uh, in this region as well. It's pretty interesting how this has all played out, hasn't it? Well, I think we, well, a lot of people tend to sell players short, okay? First of all, I'll say this. I know players are young, and they're not always, a lot of players are young, and a lot of them are particularly involved in things like this, but today's player is so much smarter than yesterday's player and so much more worldly. It's not even funny. And I think that we... It's almost an old trope, you know. Ah, these guys just want to go to Vegas and have a good time. They don't care. That's not true, right? I think what happens is a lot of the players really do care, and they are watching. And, you know, they're smart enough to make what was – you didn't need to be really, you know, a men's a candidate to figure out that it's a lot safer to come to Edmonton than to come to go to Vegas. And, and I think we should stop – Maybe looking at the players thinking, ah, they just want to go down there because it's warm weather, casinos, and girls. No, 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 no. Players looked at this thing and made the decision that guys like Cogliano were talking about. You know, I heard him. He said, hey, why on earth are we not going to Edmonton? It is by far the safest place. And, you know, give the players credit. They're, they're not as selfish or, or you know, non-thinking as a lot of times we, we think they are. Give them some credit. They made the intelligent choice here and the obvious one well it's interesting mark i also had somebody relay a story to me uh about the fact that uh, one of the best players in the world not named Connor mcdavid brought up ice and said are, are we seriously looking at vegas in 110 degree heat uh you know 100 to 100 you know let's go whatever it was 95 to 110 degree heat and ice conditions for three games a day for the first four or five days compared to places that are more temperate and you know the average age of uh, uh in fahrenheit or the average uh you know fahrenheit for alberta uh and specifically edmonton in the months of july and august 
are 70 to 74 degrees. Now, somebody needs to tell somebody that this month because we've had a lot of rain. It seems a little bit cooler than that. But but that works the advantage of having better ice conditions because guess what, Mark? Players care about ice conditions as well. So I think it's pretty – I mean, this is something we talked about all the way along is, is wait a second, how are we making ice when it's 30, 40 degrees? Like, how is that ice going to hold up? You know, and it, it's obviously far less of a challenge here. So that's – and that's – so fairly important. We don't think about this. Like, how would I say, Bob? All the other sports, a, a, a soccer pitch is a soccer pitch, right? Football field, football field. We never go unless it's pouring rain and no one could control that. You play the game anyhow. Baseball field, a baseball field. A hockey rink's not a hockey rink, right? All around the league, the ice is different, and it does behoove the league to to consider ice conditions. Sure, I get it. Danny Craig and those guys have made leaps and bounds, Bob. They can play a game in a cotton bowl, which they did last year. But let's get real here. Are you telling me that the ice at Rogers Place on a 23, 24-degree day is going to be not be vastly better than the ice down in Vegas when it's been 40 degrees for a month? I mean, this is, you know, again... You don't need to be men's a candidate to figure that one out. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you can text us anytime in our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. I'm going to ask Mark a real tough question when we come back, and that's to how to handle criticism that maybe is unfairly at times warranted. And we're not talking about individual criticism. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on 630 Chip. It's 1251 in Edmonton all season long. The Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Uh, Oilers uh, f- went into the pause with Joachim Nygaard and Mike Green out. They're going to be both uh, back and uh, ready to go when we hit the ice uh, on the 13th for the start of training camp. Again, it's my belief we might be looking at 34 total players, 31 of which you'll be able to take into the bubble. Uh, that is the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Stoffer Inspector for the Horses in Horse Racing, Alberta. There is racing taking place without spectators currently at Century Mile, and you can wager online at hbibet.com. All right, Spec. Uh, we're going to hit on a couple more themes here over the course of the next 25 minutes. We'll start with this. Um, so John Shannon... Uh, suggested yesterday that uh, uh, you know Daryl Cates uh, positioned some things from the perspective of uh, Edmonton's candidacy to be a hub city. We know the province has been active, and a lot of people in and around sort of the hub city bid have suggested that Jason Kenny has been a driver for it as well. Uh, now, people have a lot of opinions on politics, even on this show, and you can text us. And uh, full disclosure. I'm not really uh, a guy that likes far left or far right views. I tend to be a little bit more centrist. Um, But the question I have for you is, do you want a provincial leader being involved in pushing for a bid to get events into the city? And I'd like to get your perspective, Mark. Well, I think it's a job of the provincial leader, frankly. This is, you know, when we, any, there's never been an Olympics or a, or a major event, you know, World Track and Field, Commonwealth Games, University had taken place where the provincial, you know, the premier and the mayor weren't on board with with what's going on. Now it's up to the premier and the mayor to, to make sure that this is a good idea for Albertans and it works. And you know, I would be 
you don't, you know, it's, what I say, it's not all about the economy all the time. Yeah. You know, there's certain parameters, and certainly with this COVID situation, that that Dina Hinshaw and her people have to be, you know, have to be very, very. Uh, they got to look at this thing awfully closely, right? So all of that, you know, that goes without saying. But oh, Bob, I mean, come on, how do you, how do you? How do you bid for major events and not have your premier say, we're in on this thing? Because generally speaking, a lot of the seed money for these things, I don't know, this one excluded, but certainly when it comes to a, any kind of major games, there's always provincial money. And, it, you know, if done right, it comes back in spades in terms of economic activity, right, and all the people that come to your town. Now, you know that there's probably some economists sitting over at the university saying, well, actually, it's not going to be that much of an economic impact. Now, I worked at the university, and, uh, and, I, and I love those teams at the university, but it seemed when it suited the university's uh, perspective to uh, push and advocate for hosting a championship that, that, oh, there was an economic impact. Uh, so I always found those sort of scenarios, private versus public, a little bit interesting. Uh, yep. I, I, you know, I do believe that, uh, and again, it doesn't really matter which political party's in power. Um, and by the way, just a reminder for everybody, uh, the UCP garnered 54% of the vote in the last election. Uh, the NDP dropped, uh, despite the fact that I think most people would uh, categorize Rachel Notley as a, a, a very smart uh, leader. Uh, the NDP dropped from 40%, which they won the election with in 2015, to 32%. So, you know, greater than 50% of Albertans uh, chose the UCP. So it's it, it's interesting, because sometimes I don't get that sense on the, on the tweet uh, uh, perspective, but maybe that's just because there's younger people on Twitter that many of whom maybe voted for the NDP. I'm not quite sure. It's an interesting well, thing. You know what? We're always going to argue about how tax dollars should be spent. And, and right. let's, let's, let's focus this thing back down to this particular event, Bob. This isn't the World Track and Field Championships where where 4,000 people are coming in from all over the world and leaving a ton of money behind here and filling you know, seven hotels and all of that. That's not what this is. This is a private enterprise. The NHL is a is a private business, right? Uh-huh. So the NHL, it's, I mean, if they want to come here and put their show on, obviously they require participation by the city of Edmonton and by the province of Alberta. I get all that, and particularly with COVID. There's interaction. There's lots of talk. I would I would be disappointed if I found out that the Alberta government or the civic government was funding a lot of this. Like, uh, I guess I would say to you, what is our government doing funding National Hockey League games? Make open the door, you know, open up Twilliger uh, Rec Center. They're going to rent that place and use the four rinks. I get all that. You know, give yeah. them the same rent. You give Edmonton Minor Hockey. I don't care about all that stuff. But I'm here to tell you, I don't believe that it is the taxpayer of Edmonton slash Alberta's position to actually be funding this resumption of play by the National Hockey League. Is that unfair, Bob? Uh, that's a perspective that's shared by many out there. I mean, I i don't know. You know, I think there's probably going to be... What's in it for us? Yeah. What's in uh, it for the taxpayer? Well, okay. Well, you know what? You opened up a little bit of a caveat there that we can look into, and I think we should carry <laughs> down that path after 105 because I think there is something into it that could change the complexion of how Edmonton in particular, and maybe to a lesser extent Alberta, is perceived. We'll get to that. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. 
In our number two of Oilers now, after global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, it's 12.57 in Edmonton. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.